Jessica, would you like to tell people where they can find you after this or no? Like, oh, right. oh my goodness. You might be o- opening yourself up to a lot of different Troys out there in the world. <laughs> There's no shortage. Not anymore. I am well past that prime. Uh, but uh, you can find me on Twitter um, at Broughton, B R O U G H T O N J L. You know, I, when I actually had to go and I can't remember what I was tagging you in, but um, I went. What was your old. Search to find you. That's what it was. I went and I just uh, went to type. All right, I'm adding Jessica and them. Like, what the fuck? Like, I'm like, <laughs> this is why. <laughs> like, I don't like. I didn't like when Dave changed his. Webb changed his. I'm like, this is it's just my first name. It's not that fucking hard. Listen, I'm just not searching anymore. So it was bullshit. <laughs> I'm sitting here oh, and romance. watching movies and Game of Thrones, and I'm perfectly happy with my popcorn and my cat. Michael, great. Vice President Regional Programming in your face, TV. We've seen it's like MTV, but with an edge. Yeah, so is it a date? Yeah. Yep. Dinner? Coffee? Coffee or cappuccino? Oh, you're not saying decaf. Oh, no. Early night. Is there any free coffee activity? Um, I don't think so. Did he ask you to go out or to hang out? Go out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. What? I forgot to tell you something. That's the American dream of the 90s that could take years. Look at it like a built-in security system. We'll have a man around okay, the house. we'll have a uh, hall monitor. That's what we'll have. I don't even know if this is allowed in the building. It's not like Mr. Roper's going to burst in. Let's stay on the couch. Vicky, he will turn this place into a den of slack. What the hell is your problem? to work around here and unfortunately troy you are a master at the art of time suckage oh well i'm sorry miss poster girl for the workers party but until i get that uh toe hold in the burger industry i got a little time to suck i'd rather check into a shelter than deal with her shit okay i know how much you'd love to me my here, but you don't have to i mean i can get you a job interview at my dad's plant what is that like part of my lease agreement it's either that or a credit check it's cool troy you can stay Welcome to the maxi pad. Yeah, with the new dry weave, it actually pulls moisture away from you. It's good. You don't even know I'm here. I gave it three stars. Totally middle of the road. I think that's fair. <laughs> All right. Oh, Mike. What are we talking about now? I'll tell you something that's not middle of the road. Reality Bites. Oh, okay, my. here we go. <laughs> Now, speaking of middle of the road, that is my purpose in this conversation, correct? <laughs> I don't know. You're, you're here for like, balance? That- I don't yes. think it's going to go that way. I feel like this is more of like a tag team match. No, Probably. no, I'm trying, I'm trying really hard. I rewatched Reality Bites this morning. I'm fresh off of it. And, of course, I watched my preference Empire Records right after for a palate cleanser. So I'm all set. Oh, maybe not. Okay. <laughs> Reality Bites. Is this... Uh... I keep seeing a 25 year anniversary. Did we just pass it? No, it was in February. I gave even like, I got an email, uh, that was like one of those, uh, I think it was like pocket or something. One of those like articles or like, you should read this here are highlights of things you've read. And it was like reality bites turns 25. And I'm like, see, this is what I get for like Googling things for this podcast. Cause now they're thinking like, Oh, this guy's a super fan. Like he just like, <laughs> looked up all of this stuff. 
Uh, but apparently that was back in February. And I was talking about this with Dave and apparently we're on different, I don't know, somehow we're in different generations with reality bites. We're, <laughs> we're not really that far apart in age. You're a youngster. <laughs> but I was telling you that I remember thinking as a teenager, like, oh, that's a shitty movie, right? Oh, yeah, it sucks. That's the that's the one people make fun of because it sucks so bad. Like, it's like it gets youth wrong. Not that I was of age when this came out that I was in that group. I was like 12 or something. But yeah, I was uh, 10. That was my concept of it was it was something to point and laugh at, at like how adults get like this upcoming generation wrong. But now Dave and others apparently are telling me in my inbox that this is some sort of like seminal moment and that it actually got things right. So Dave, where, you know, how did this happen? Where did this, where did this cross over into this like somewhat beloved kind of Gen X comedy? It's interesting. I don't know that it, I, it's not a movie that I look at even then and thought like, yeah, they got it exactly right. Like when that movie came out, I was 15 so I was not. So you're still age. too young, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't in the age group of these characters, but I think like watching this as a 15 year old and seeing, you know, Ethan Hawke and seeing Winona Ryder and you know, to a much lesser extent, Steve, Steve Zahn, thinking like, oh wow, this is what the fuck? <laughs> what you, you throwing chin music already? Like, <laughs> yeah, I had to. I just. Anytime I was already Steve so defensive. Movie, I thought you were going to say to a lesser extent Ben Stiller, and I'm like, don't be mean. Oh. <laughs> A then, much lesser extent, because I was just going to talk about how cool they were. Uh, so to a much lesser extent, uh, Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller is the enemy in this movie. He is he is the man. Uh, so so I think it was like more of a like, oh, is this what life is going to be like? Is this what I have to look forward to or not look forward to, depending on how you look at these characters? And it does make me wonder, had I been like just out of college when this came out, if I would have seen it much, much differently. But being a high school student, I was like, oh, this is great. This is fantastic. And just out of college of a very specific background. Like it's not <laughs> with a useless degree. Is that <laughs> no, I'm just, uh, you know, um, but, you know, these guys, they have a they have a charmed life, even even though they're sort of wallowing in their their misery and their the sort of in between of their place. Discontent? Is that... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't I don't. You know, I was I was thinking for grand just gestures. You're like struggling. Oh God. Well, okay, so is you know, is the meat cute here? The like, uh, sort of like real world, you know, documentary that she's kind of making, where it's like that we're introducing all these characters and their hangups uh, on a more general scale before we get into the like interpersonal relationships. Cause it's like, that's <laughs> if if you are a person that's like, this is not for me. They're like slapping you in the face with like, here are my concerns as like, you know, a 22 year old. <laughs> I can just like imagine the like old guy who was like dragged along to like date night to watch this. <laughs> like, I don't know. He's like, in my mind, he's like a mechanic or something. And he's just like <laughs> slipping down in his chair. Like, Feeling like I'm just going to be accosted by like, you know, these. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, the only other the only other option for the meet cute right is like her throwing a lit cigarette into Ben Stiller's car. That's yes. the only that's which you know who is it? That's so endearing, stop, right? Stop, just stop. set your vehicle on fire and <laughs> awful, almost. I mean, you know, physical harm to not only poor Ben Stiller but also themselves. And uh, I think that was the tweet to both of you. I sent out like I, I took my phone and held it up to the screen and my hatred of Winona Ryder in that moment as she like <laughs> is like just and cheerfully she laughs like, too just like ha ha 
fucked up my car. <laughs> well, she didn't pay for it. Doesn't she barters in like? Well, she refuses to barter in fruit, but she barters in gasoline pretty well. That seems to be her economy. <laughs> I uh, I hate all of these people. Um, <laughs> this is the most bike review of a movie ever. <laughs> Do you actually want to hear my review? I'm afraid to like read it to you because I'm afraid you both will like really like scold me for it. Is this what you put on Letterboxd? Yes, I, I've already read it. I read I read all of your reviews. <laughs> That's unfortunate for you. Uh, was it that bad it then, Dave? Do you think it would no, be offensive? No, no, not at all. Go okay. ahead, read it out. Well, I have to click on that tab of you. <laughs> <laughs> Captures a particular time of horseshit when Steve Zahn was not treated as the sex god he obviously is. The virgin. <laughs> the virgin Steve Zahn, who may be or may not be afraid of, quote, the big A. Oh, my. This. I didn't know what he was talking about. I was just. Of course he didn't. I was just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I also didn't like I was, I was too aggravated to like <laughs> so like just keep going whatever uh, I'm interested Jessica in your thoughts as the middle ground I feel like Dave's already like alright this was not not targeted towards me I don't know if it was even targeted to the right age group like I don't think this was meant to be like you know the 22 year olds of the time but uh, presumably is much younger than I think you're like you know a whippersnapper at like 24 or something compared to me and Dave <laughs> <laughs> They come across as like eight year olds. Anyway, so. I'm not quite a whippersnapper, but I was 10 when that came out. So it's oh. like I, I wasn't even nearing puberty. Um, when did you watch this? I watched this for the very first time. I want to say three years ago. Oh, oh there's some distance then. There I'm laughing because the last thing she said was I wasn't nearing puberty, and then you were and you said when did you? And I was like, oh god, what is my <laughs> Jesus, Dave? <laughs> god. Kind of podcast you think we're on? <laughs> Actually, I kind of lied. I was 11. I was an early bloomer, so never mind. I was pretty close. But so you watched this three years ago? Yes. Is that that? that you mean you just, don't want to go into my? That, you don't no, want to go into my girlhood? That's no? that's Let's not my. It's not my pitch to hit. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, the outside corner. I take that for a strike. I you know I look for Me something else. Me neither. Okay, so I watched it three years ago for the very first time, and um. I don't know. It just didn't, it didn't resonate with me. It didn't hit me, you know, and I'm nothing if not an extreme lover of the nineties. And I related a lot to the, uh, ennui that they tried to express, but I don't think that it got all the way there. It just never really, I don't know, seemed very authentic to me. I think the most authentic, uh, character and, and portrayal was more than likely like Ethan Hawke. And I fucking hated him. Like, mm-hmm. what a dick. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's great. You're doing a really good job being a dick. <laughs> that is our, uh, our romance here of sorts, I guess. So Yeah. I was going to go um, with Janine Garofalo just because she works at The Gap. I'm like, okay, so she's got like a she's got a boring job. Like, she has a right to complain, right? She's like, she graduates from college and now she's working at The Gap, which was what she was doing before. But she seems to be kind of excited that she gets a promotion at The Gap and um. I, I like that character because she's just thinking like, good, it's going to be easier to pay rent this month. Like that's, you know, <laughs> yeah. baby steps here. You know, she's just approaching it. Like she doesn't seem like she has all the pressure in the world on herself. Unlike Winona Ryder and Ethan Hawke, who are just 
relentless. Like, like they're staring <laughs> death in the face. Like, you know, it's like, what have I accomplished? What can I accomplish? I'm like, ease off the gas just a little bit. You're, you're fine. You're going to be fine. Ethan I thought Hawk, I'd be changing the world by 23. It's like, calm down. I, I, I just did not, I did not share that. Dave, did you? I think, I think so much of this is, is all dependent on when you see it. Uh, how old your how old your when you see it? Like if I saw it for the first time in my late thirties, early forties, I would probably be highly annoyed by this movie and see what you guys are seeing. Where this like, oh Dave. god, it's not that serious. <laughs> but when you're in high school, I watched school, it when I was you're... thirteen, though. And I was like, <laughs> fuck these guys. <laughs> Put on the hard that hat. Is, well, that is, that is you to a T. <laughs> And maybe it's because, you know, we've, we've talked to the show about, you know, you being the country bumpkin and me being the liberal elite, right? The coastal elite. Sure. And I think a lot that probably has a lot to do with it. Like maybe how you were raised has something to do with it. Like kind of expected to go to college, expected to do these big things, expected to quote unquote change the world. You know, I think that does put that does put a certain amount of responsibility on kids shoulders too early and too much. But if you're raised to be like, no, it's okay to do these different things. It's okay to, you know, to, to do a job that you don't have to go to college for and not in any shaming way, not because, Oh, well, you're just not smart enough to go to college, but like, no, this is okay. This is a good thing to do with your life. And then kids, especially on the coast, I think are not raised with that at all. Or at least I wasn't like, if I had told my parents like, yeah, I think I'm going to be a mechanic. You know, or I think I'm going to work in construction. They would have been like, no, you're not. We all go to college. We're all <laughs> teachers. You're, you're going to go well, to college and you're going to figure something out. Probably a bad example because <laughs> if you had no, you know, if you weren't out in the garage tinkering with things and you just said, guess what I'm going to do? I could understand the <laughs> sure. parents saying, no, put that, <laughs> put those tools down. You're not, <laughs> you're not testing out that theory <laughs> on any of our stuff. No, but these are things you can get trained to do. These are things you can go to trade schools to learn, but like, for certain kids and certain parents, like that is not an option. So I, so as a 15 year old, I felt that, and I understood at least some of what these characters were going through. Were they extreme? Yes. Were they over the top? Absolutely. But I kind of got it. Like I, I kind of understood it. Uh, and I remember this being kind of where I think I realized like Ethan Hawke was a great actor. Like he had done things before this. He'd done like dead poet society and all that kind of stuff, but kind of played your standard, you know, your standard good guy, you know, he wasn't really branching out and doing anything interesting where this is like, he is extremely hateable in this movie. And then the movie makes some really interesting choices near, near the end that you maybe don't think it's going to make for, you know, what it, what it kind of sets up. Uh, but like, I think a lot of it also is I've known people like Troy Dyer, like that is a, he's probably the most realistic portrayal of any of the characters in this movie. Like I've known that guy in a band who, who treats the people he loves like shit until until he kind of steps up every once in a while. So you're never really sure if you can depend on him. And I thought he played that really, really well. Well, well. The coup finally decided to grace us with his present. This is, uh, this is, uh, Jean. Janine. Uh, Janine. Janine, it was, <laughs> it's a little loud in the club. Excuse me. Can't stay here, Troy. I'm just gonna pick something up. Well, mission accomplished. Now leave. I think maybe I'm gonna wait. Always the mistress of etiquette. No, wait. Just out of curiosity, why are you suddenly acting like a jealous girlfriend? All right, we're just trying to pay bills here, okay? So, Troy, if you got any money. Money? Oh, but what's money to an artist? to a philosopher. It's just a green-colored paper that floats in and out of his life like snow. 
It's nothing you actually have to, I don't know, work for, is it, Troy? No, not if you have Daddy's little gas card. You shut up. You shut up. I busted my ass to find a job, any job. You don't even bother showing up for interviews. What is it that you want from me, huh? What is it? You want me to get a job on the line for the next 20 years until I'm granted leave with my gold-plated watch and my balls full of tumors because I surrendered the one thing that means shit to me? Well, honey, you can just exhale because it's not going to happen, not in this lifetime. All right, fine. You don't want to work, fine. Don't Lady, you God be a bad, be a goddamn bad. Rehearse every day, play every day, play three times a night. Don't just dick around in the same coffee house for five years. Don't dick around with her or with me. I mean, try something for once in your life. Do something about it. But you know what? You better do it now, and you better do it fast, because the world doesn't owe you any favors. And whether you know it or not, you're on the inside track to Loserville, USA, just like him. Okay, it's just too psychotic in here now. All right, Lelena, let's go for a walk. Come on, man, let him go. With pleasure, my friends, with pleasure. Yeah, I don't think I have any experience with dudes like that. Because I don't... I don't... (laughs) don't That's because (laughs) you've never dated a guy. That is really what this is about. I was going to say, I totally know like seven Troy Dyers. See? Weird. I mean, he's dated four out of them. (laughs) So, all right. Well, this is a romantic show, right? I mean, we were going to talk about a a young girl becoming a woman. We just skipped over that. (laughs) Hell Uh, yeah. (laughs) So, in movie terms, especially when there's romance involved, and I don't guess I would classify this as a rom com necessarily. I mean, I guess the the third act it sort of becomes that, but for the most part, it, it sort of meanders around. And it could have just been Winona Ryder and company, like just hang out and bullshit. So I guess the two of you, whoever wants to take it first, is it realistic in your dating experience? How many? swings at the bat you would give the Troy Dyer character like as far as Dave you said you know he'll he'll surprise you every once in a while with that he shows some empathy I guess or that he cares gives a shit in my country bumpkin experience you'd be like oh that guy's an asshole yeah that's that's, I mean nothing wrong with him he's just an asshole you know you should know going into he's an asshole and (laughs) sort of treat him as such like you just sort of walk around the perimeter because you don't want to be too close to it but I guess you know you two um, have different. <laughs> I wish I could tell you were right. Like, I wish I could tell you that, you know, I would meet someone like that and be like, oh, well, he's just a jerk. And you, you know, you give him a wide berth. And you're just <laughs> like, right. nope, nope. <laughs> but that is uh, not the case. Uh, guys like Troy Dyer have gotten a lot of swings of the bat for sure. Uh, because, I mean, a lot of it is like when you look like Ethan Hawke at this time in history, you get a lot of swings of the bat just in general. But, uh, but, he's, he, I think he's. It, well, I don't know if he's evenly matched, but he's he's at peak Winota rider right that's here. That's true. So at least in this world, you know, they should be operating on the same sure. same field. No, that's that's very true. Uh, but I think those, you know, there's something alluring about the the distant guy. I think that that comes across here. And then when he has those moments of empathy, when when she like when she loses her job and everyone is like no one really steps up except him, and he takes her out and makes her laugh and you know shares. You know, coffee and a cigarette with her, and like just kind of talks her through what she's going through. That is a also sees moment. that as 
<laughs> I've and talked to you for yeah. five minutes. To be, so a now, to be a predator. Yeah. Now we're yep. going to make out. Yeah. Yep. 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 Absolutely. With no conversation about it whatsoever. Nope. <laughs> nope. I'm just going to pop this on you real quick. But to be fair, there was always like a will they, won't they thing going in with with these two. Like it's brought up in the very first scene. And then there's a scene with <laughs> Janine Garofalo when she's high out of her mind to say, you know, basically, will you will you two, you know, just do it already? Like <laughs> over the sexual tension that has been building for a long, long time. So I think I don't think we're meant to see him as necessarily a predator in that situation. I think it's easy to read it that way because of how how the rest of the scene goes, but there is something there between them and there kind of always has been. So I guess I'm a little more forgiving at that moment. I'm not touching that one, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the whole, <laughs> the whole uh, Troy Dyer at bats, you know, it's, it's very different between 23 and 33. You know what I mean? Cause at 23, Troy Dyer is going to get all the hits that he <laughs> wants. You know what I mean? And so, it's not about how he looks specifically. I think that there's just a difference in perspective between 23 and 33. And when you're 23, uh, especially if you're a romantic like me, you're looking for someone that you want to share your life with. And you don't understand that other people aren't looking for the same thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like you are like, well, I love you and you love me and we're both attracted to each other. Great. We're just going to move forward. But you don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, like, man. You, this is going. you don't understand. <laughs> That's never going to be your future, and it's just going to be a long, horrible, like, carrot on a stick. <laughs> and it's just it's just awful. And you can't see that at the time, you know what I mean? But at the time, your priority is like, oh, well, he gets me, and he's intelligent, and, you know, he's, he's witty, and we have the same things in common, and yada, yada, yada. And now, at, you know, 34, you know what I mean? It's like, I'm <laughs> looking at... Troy Dyer, and I kind of have always been a little bit of a surly old woman when it comes to this shit. <laughs> but like, I look at him and I'm just like, oh, fuck you. Like, it's valid. You know what I mean? It's like, you, I'm much more on Mike's side there, where it's like, yeah, yeah he's a dreamboat and he, you know, is a philosopher and oh my God. He could define irony. I mean, <laughs> who can do that? Like, anyone, anyone after Isn't It Ironic came out because. <laughs> Jesus Christ, every English lesson. Anyway, but for Mike's perspective, it's like you you meet someone like that and you're just like, oh, you're, you're just a jack off. Like you can go elsewhere while I, you know, live life. Like, <laughs> <laughs> or just, you know, use him for your own amusement. Like I, I understand True. him being the dude on the couch. Like if they're getting high and going to eat pizza. Yeah, he's fine. You know, he's going to do his little riff or whatever. You know, it's like having a guest on a talk show. You know, he's got his spot on the couch. And then when you're bored with him, you know, you move on to Steve Zahn, which is what everyone should be doing. <laughs> there we anyway. Go. There we go. Uh, Steve Zahn with the, I think, the only genuine moment in this film where uh, he comes out to his mom and, like, he just says he just wishes he could just go back into the go house. Go back in the house. Oh. That's, the yeah. only gen- that's the only moment where I'm like, oh, that feels like a real person everything else is like this weird pre-friend sitcom of like, who's going to fuck each other. <laughs> and uh, it, it really campaigned me because the, you know, the supporting characters, I do think this is like, it could have worked for me if it was like a true ensemble. Like if we weren't constantly in yeah, Winona Ryder's like headspace and all of her like little particular hangups and everything that like everything that her friends are going through, she seems as some sort of slight against her. Like the fact that <laughs> Janine Groffalo, her roommate and best friend is happy to work at the gap. Like when she likes, says like I lost my job today and it's not like her friend is saying, Oh, now you're going to work at the gap forever. She's like, okay, cool. I can, I, I can, I can handle this. You. 
in yeah. this moment and we'll, we'll figure things out. And she's like, I mean, she just pisses all over. Like I would ever like mm-hmm. come down to your level to work at the gap. And uh, Oh, that there should have been a fight. Why was there not a fist fight right there? Like, like why not? <laughs> a fist fight? <laughs> like, there was know. a fight. There was like a no. separation there after. Yes, there was. That was I what think the, the whole oh, scene in the was, diner was nope, about. Nope. Settle it with fisticuffs, and then everyone would feel better. Like if you Jean Garofalo, redneck, if Jesus she had just popped Christ. off on her, and the next scene is Winona Ryder with a big black eye, just a swollen eye, everyone would feel better. Everyone would be fine, and then no, I think they could Michael get through Edison it. Feel better. No one else. I think those characters would have felt better. Like you know, those... I do think I do think that is the the specific moment in the movie where I'm like kind of not with the main character, like just like. The rest of it, I can, it? Under, I can understand where she's coming from, at least. But when she, like, just basically shits all over her friend, it's just – and I'm like, there's a way to say no to that and still not be a terrible person, you know? But, like, the kind of shaming and the kind of, like, as if I would ever do that, as if I would ever fold shirts for a and living. And you're getting on to me <laughs> about – you know, Gruffle's not – it's not like she's a yeah, huge woman. You know, one owner writer would get over it. She could handle <laughs> – you take a smack to the face. You know? I would watch that fight. <laughs> well, then you learn not to say things like that. Like uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying that this needs to be like Mad Max Fury Road that we live in. But just one good pop. That's. <laughs> I am old enough that where they actually like at least where I you know grew up in like in elementary school they would they, like it was like you would get like punishment and they would have a paddle and they'd be like you get out of line this is the threat that's like hanging over the chalkboard <laughs> now i never did because i'm thinking like i'm not gonna go around smacking people in the face because i see what happens to those kids a bigger person comes and hits them harder <laughs> how did we even get here i like I, I want a reality bites dvd version where it's <laughs> the might makes right edition <laughs> it's a short movie it's just... <laughs> yeah I mean, I've seen I've seen Steve Zahn in Crimson Tide, though. I think he was, he would be the one. Take the shirt off, pop out the guns, it'd be over. <laughs> Where were we? Is there a breakup well, here? Is that the, the, to me? That's the breakup that means the most is when she's like just shits on her friends, and it does kind of it does set up like her like seeming to lean on Troy a little bit more. Like it's almost mm-hmm. like when things are good with her other relationships she can take him for granted. But then when like, you know, the world's at an end or her world's at an end and everyone hates her, uh, that's when she becomes really like obsessed with like what he's up to. She's like, we're like, who's, who is he sleeping with? How often is he here? Is he doing laundry here? Like just <laughs> becomes crazed. It's like she, she becomes like a Plansky character, like stuck in the house, like where the walls <laughs> are going to come in on her yet again. My theory, I don't know if you two share it. You just, you kind of just, you just walk away from this because, you know, it's just – and Troy is, like, the worst because he likes to antagonize her when she's also at her lowest point. So you've got these two people that are not good for each other, and this is who I'm going to root for in the end yeah. to get together? It's a it's a really weird choice that the movie makes, actually. Um, I remember when I first watched this, like, this is not this is not the couple you expect to be together by the end of the movie. Like, I was just like – because I don't think – and I think it's really interesting because most movies would – would pull their punches a little bit and like give you more from from Troy or lean towards having her end up with with Ben Stiller. 
Uh, but instead, they go like a totally different route. They even have like kind of a dual breakup. Like <laughs> she, just, she just breaks up with everybody at that bar. Like after you know, you I do get... like that. I like the <laughs> the dueling banjos quality to it. <laughs> it's like, oh my god! Two, two horrible men. <laughs> just like you know, I, I can just leave. I can just I just can just not be here. How about one of that? them has money? Wait. One of them can sing the violent femmes with mm, choices. Uh, wait, 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 wait. How is Ben Stiller horrible? Just explain it to me. I understand that he's supposed to be the enemy in the world of the film, but if you mm-hmm. actually take his character and move him aside and look at him, how is he horrible? I think the only way that he's horrible is that from the quote-unquote young artist perspective, he takes her work and makes it into something it's not and is trying to kind of make her into something she's not ready to be. Uh-huh, I, think if but- she, I, think, I think if she meets him in five years, it's a different story. True. However, he didn't do that, and he was just as upset at how they like messed around and edited uh, stuff. I don't. I don't buy that because you don't think so. Because yeah, at first he's very upset about it, and then they get in a fight, and then he starts defending the choices that they make halfway through the fight, which is very realistic uh, to relationship fights. But I was like, uh, it sounds like maybe he knew what was going on, and then saw that she got upset and was like. I had no idea. Like, no, yeah, this is terrible. You're right. Well, <laughs> but then later in the fight, it kind of it kind of shifts. But I do think Ben Stiller's character is a good guy. He's just like he he commits the ultimate sin to a 22 year old of just not being cool enough. Well, no, exactly. And that's kind of the thing is that you know he does eventually break down and start being like, oh, I'm not cool. Oh, you know, I'll get him to the pizza <laughs> thing out. And, Oh God, he's such a fucking dork. Oh, that scene is painful. So much though. That's like that's the guy that I have a crush on in this movie. Honestly, is the Ben Stiller because he's just trying so hard. And again, this is like you said. This is the difference between twenty three and thirty three, right? Like Uh, this is. (laughs) Yeah, and I didn't see this movie at twenty three, so I can't tell you whether or not I had a crush on Ben Stiller at twenty three. But I can tell you that now it's like, oh, he's adorable. Like I just I love him, but. The whole, you know, fighting about things, I think it kind of shows that he just doesn't get her as much. And let me tell you right now, again, a perspective thing. Like, oh, my God, Troy gets me. It's like, well, (laughs) maybe he gets you, but he treats you like shit. Like, I don't really know. You know what I mean? Like, where? Yeah, she needs someone between these two. She needs someone who gets her at least a little bit, but also is not going to just, like, run away when anything real happens. Right. And that's all I wanted to say about Ben Stiller is that I just don't think that he's like a horrible guy at all. I think oh, he's no. a guy who's trying his best. I actually think he gets her pretty well. I mean, she's she has no viewpoint on the world. So there's nothing like what they cut up. If they put in a pizza ad, so what? That's all they're talking about anyway. They're just talking about their own inane horseshit. So like like watching her like that's the part of the worst part of this experience is watching like her stuff and then at a key plot point later we're supposed to look at her documentary as something that's important and i was like no i thought you were establishing that she's just kind of fucking around that she's a layabout and now well, you're gonna i think use- I, I think they tr- i don't think that that is the point i don't think that that is what the movie's saying i mean you even have that scene kind of behind the scenes with the like good morning show or whatever where the the guy who hired her is kind of like no no this is really great work and he's trying to convince an amazing john mahoney by the way <laughs> in this movie to like take a look at this but he's you know so grumpy about whatever else has gone on that he won't look at it so i think at least in the world of this movie they're trying to tell you like no she is a really talented filmmaker and she's yeah, going that's to my be problem something. 
because I've seen it. I've seen, I'm looking at this, you're showing me over the credits what she's making. And I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. It is like, you know, it looks like the real world confessionals where it's like, but it's yeah. like the stuff that they wouldn't even put on television because there's no arc to it. Like we want to see who's going to fuck each other and that's it. And so like Jean Gruffalo <laughs> is actually, she's making, she's, if you put her as the editor, she's better than the gap. Apparently she's the filmmaker. She's the one saying, here's the narrative structure of this. Here's the do beats it. you need to hit. Just do it. Have sex, <laughs> film the fallout. And then that's, that's what's interesting. Not, you know, as much as I love Ethan Hawke talking about that he loves like, you know, Whoppers or Big Macs or whatever. Like, it's like, okay, that's, you know, you kind of opening yourself up to a lot of like advertising here. So the fact that Ben Stiller and company, you know, their version of MTV decided to make it a pizza commercial, just step back for a moment, why Nota, and look at it and be like, well, we did talk about pizza for 14 fucking hours on the You're tapes so that I had. Mike. Mike is the man. In how do I cash in on this? this is... I'm not saying how do you, I don't think you can cash in. I think it was <laughs> Stiller did her a favor getting her any money, any sort of advance. Uh, Cause those tapes, I mean, they're just burn them or just, you know, record MacGyver over them, make them useful. And so people, <laughs> I I have to admit, for a podcast called The Grand Gesture, I forgot what The Grand Gesture was in this movie. Uh, I mean, him coming back from right. shows up. Chicago. Hi. I was wondering if I could talk to you for a minute before you go. See, the thing is that, uh, well, uh, my dad died. Oh, God, Troy, I'm sorry. No, it's... I'm it, so no, sorry. No, it... <laughs> what happened was that, um, I kind of got this arcane glimpse at the universe. And uh, the best thing that I can uh, say about that is... Uh, I don't know. I have this, this planet of regret sitting on my shoulders. And you have no idea how much I wish that I could go back to that morning after we made love and do everything different. But I know that I can't. So, I thought that I would come here and tell you something. And what I wanted to tell you was that I love you. And I uh, just wanted to make sure that that was clear so that there wasn't any confusion. Um, so anyway, uh, where are you going? Just gonna look for you. What for? I just wanted to see if you were okay. Well, I had a shitty week. Yep, that's that's the that's the grand gesture. Actually, this is. 
This is part of the movie, and this is someone who is a fan of this movie, who owns this movie, who watched it at, you know, the perfect time. Even then, the ending of this movie never works. Like, I, I think that they... I think it's kind of a gutsy move to have, like, Troy be, like, who she ends up with, because that's definitely unexpected. But I think it's unexpected because it makes no sense. Uh, I think, yeah. like, the idea of him coming back is, you know, not uh, not likely at best. I think the idea of her going to Chicago to go find him is a lot more likely. And yes. I think that's probably a better grand gesture, what she was going to do, rather than him just being like, Hey, what's up? I had a bad week. I mean, that's like, mm, God, well, uh, he he cut her off at the legs, which is kind of like yeah. the whole like point of the film. It seems like it's just like you know, oh, you're gonna do a thing. No, I'm just gonna undercut you super quick. But aren't I adorable? <laughs> 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 so, Jessica, you don't see good things for this couple. You don't see uh, kids and grandkids. Like, there's no way they last a year. There's oh, no way. Well, you uh, maybe you hope that, or maybe you know, maybe they just. Oh God! Maybe they're just miserable forever. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know what this relationship is. They are they are together and living together for fifteen years until he finally proposes, and then they oh. live together for an additional six months, and he cheats on her, and they break up. Oh no! Like that's what this relationship is. God. You know that sounds about right. That's horrible. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you can find us at Grand Gesture Pod. <laughs> The romance. <laughs> Where I, I said that we need to have uh, a paddle back in school. Uh, Winona Ryder needs to be uh, attacked. By the way, like, how did I become the positive one on this show? I don't <laughs> know how to. How I to... got divorced and I became the positive one on this show. Oh. Like, what? <laughs> how? Your heart is open, Dave. <laughs> eh, let's not get crazy. <laughs> oh, I love that ending. Like, <laughs> He's married and I'm cynical and your heart is open and that's <laughs> Yeah, listening to you two uh, just sort of allude to like dating life, I'm like, that sounds terrible. Like, that's it's awful. It is. it is. That's true. My heart isn't it's, that open. It's, it's horrible. <laughs> But to be fair and to try to come around and be like a balancing act, like it's actually a really good movie. It's done very well. Uh, I don't think that the characters are as fleshed out as they should be. Dave's like looking one direction because he's looking. He wants me to have an outburst here. He wants me to. I see you clenching your fist next to your <laughs> microphone. It's like, damn it, she was on my side. <laughs> It needs, listen, it desperately needs an editor. And that's something that I find is true with most people who star and direct in the same movie. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, but Stiller, you needed to cut your part down so much. And this is coming from someone who adores him. It's like, flesh out the rest of the ensemble. Yeah, unless you're going to have her end up with Ben Stiller's character. Like, he's he's there right. quite a he lot. He does have the best line. He has the best moment where, you know, the, the dueling banjos where she she shuts them both down and runs out, and uh, they're both standing there. And, you know, the, the two different, you know, opposing ideologies on, I guess, everything, uh, but in particular when it comes to one-owned writer, um, 
Yeah, you know, Ethan Hawke is. I don't know how he gets to that point, but he's like, we all die alone. Like it's just like because you know, he just. I think <laughs> it doesn't you take much for him to get to that point. They, by the way, you know, I'm always ready to say that. <laughs> hey Troy, you know what do you you want a club sandwich or what do you want this you know cheese steak? We all die alone. Yes, okay, just you know just gonna get food. Um, but he says that, and <laughs> Stiller's like, you know, if you honestly believe that, he it's a classy way of saying you're full of shit he's like what, what are you doing running after the girl then what are you doing standing out here if that's what you believe? and for me that's where the movie ends i'm like haha put in your place <laughs> <laughs> if, you're, if you're the you still character credits just rolled right <laughs> yeah. oh, oh now that's a classic that is 25 Honestly, years worth celebrating so happy yeah what are you doing nope. out here and you it's say me. <laughs> I only hear what I want to. There's that uh, that scene from Fight Club after uh, you know Tyler Durden. <laughs> what and, in the uh, hell? How did? We... Hold on, hold on. Give me, give me two seconds. I'm not gonna, you know, say that uh, we need to throw Winona into that. <laughs> that you already did. Club. You already did. I'm not gonna bang that you drum did. again. That would not be that would not be the stiller move here. I'm gonna do a little <laughs> bit classier, but you know, after they accost uh, at gunpoint a guy working at a convenience store. And basically, you know, in that world, set him <laughs> through threat of harm. Like, I'm going to come kill you and your family. Uh, go back to school and follow your passion. Mm-hmm. He's going to sleep well. That's how, that's how that scene ends. You know, it's 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 skewed. And it's probably not the best lesson for the fans of Fight Club to learn. But that's like, you scare people into, like, being happy. Scared straight. <laughs> but that's basically what happens in the sequence. This predates Fight Club. But Ben Stiller, think about it. After that scene think how well he's going to sleep like he he finally has his victory over the cool sexy guy on the couch who's done nothing but make fun of him and is like reading out of the dictionary like you know what this word means you know what this word means what about this buddy you ever heard of that <laughs> he finally puts him in his place and like so jessica's right if you have the lisa Loeb song playing that mechanic that envision seeing this like <laughs> in theater, he feels better about himself everyone yes. that watches the movie feels good and instead, what we end with with our grand gestures, we just feel like puzzled. We're like, oh, like so. And then he showed up on our doorstep. So and I guess they're I guess together they're gonna, now. Going to continue <laughs> doing what they've been doing, which is seems like really bad for both parties. But there'll be a lot of hurt and a lot of trauma coming their way. Good. Also, for them. go ahead. I was going to say, and just for my two cents, I, I don't think that the grand gesture came from either of those two. I think it came from Ben Stiller, and it was yes. flatly rejected. <laughs> You're just like, hey, I love you. Here's two tickets to New York. Let's go straighten it out. I'm here at this crazy place that I don't fit into because I'm wearing a suit. And she's just like, oh, wait, no. My, my, the guy that I just banged who like kind of rejected me went over that way, and I'm going to go over that. All right, bye. Uh, he just yeah. like throws the tickets into the puddle. It's so sad. So that's the grand gesture. It was just flatly rejected. Uh, like as as the two of you were talking about this movie, all I keep thinking is like, imagine if you switch the perspective and this is Ben Stiller's story. Like this woman just comes in, yeah, <laughs> like there's so much, life. so much wreckage. Like starts off by you know throwing a lit cigarette at him, crashes his car, breaks his prized Doctor Zayas possession. Oh, ooh, <laughs> I hate that. Doctor oh. As I was watching this, I was like, oh, I forgot about this. Mike is going to be so bad. <laughs> I'm just, I mean, I'm stewing now, just thinking about it again. Like when that happened, I, <laughs> could I get aroused to have sex like, with a like, person that did that to me? I don't think I could. <laughs> I, you know, I just don't think it's, I don't care about medical science. I just don't think 
I could complete the act. If they came in, the introduction, they set fire to my car and then break my Dr. Zayas statue. That like We're just never going to have sex. It's not going to happen. <laughs> we all but have our wives. Right? Yeah, she's cute. <laughs> not that, no. <laughs> she's got those eyes and those lips. Just effortless. I just, I just, I just don't like her. I just don't. don't Oh, I hate her. her. But think about it, Mike. If Jessica Chastain came into your life, set your car on fire, broke your toys, and then still wanted to have sex with you. Yeah, see, it's all right. (laughs) (laughs) This is a, like, you're not that attracted to Winona Ryder. (laughs) Shut up, Dave. (laughs) I told you I know you. You can't play Jessica Chastain. That's, uh, you know. Okay, Amy Adams. All right, so my list would be a little bit longer than <laughs> what I'm happy to share, but sure. 